Well, this is going to be an amazing two segments coming up right now on Speed Freaks as we caught up with Mario Andretti on our 20-year anniversary, which was Thursday, June 25th. Yes, we started this crazy show, Speed Freaks, and you guys, the Freak Nation, on June 25th in the year 2000. And yeah, Mario Andretti has been one of our most frequent guests, one of our biggest supporters. So why not celebrate a huge anniversary, two decades worth of the Freak Nation, with a guy who has incredible stories and by the way his memory is just nothing has left his memory (laughs) he remembers everything whatever you ask he's got an incredible story for it so soon you will be able to see the video of this zoom call that we had with mario on all our social media platforms but right now here's just a little teaser of audio with the greatest driver of all time the freaks with mario andretti of course mario over these 20 years when you've joined us you mentioned some things in those 20 years whether it was the killing of Osama bin Laden, the election of a first black president, uh, 9-11. Now we're in the pandemic situation, social unrest. But there are some positive things, including a first black president. But there are some positive things that have happened. And one of those is IndyCar and CART getting back together. And you were on the forefront of that madness. Do, do you remember all that craziness that was going on between those two series? Oh, indeed. I mean, uh, that's just what it is. Right about before your time, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, and <laughs> that's why I didn't mention that, that type of a pandemic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> Those were, that was a tough period, really, uh, for one that uh, obviously, like myself and many, many others uh, who love the sport so much, to see it to be fractured, to that degree um, uh, during those couple of years, you know, before everything started uh, coming together. Uh, that uh, uh, that was not needed, obviously, but it happened. And uh, so, you know, finally a lot of things are, have come together since. Uh, just the fact that uh, now we have a new steward uh, with Roger Penske even, uh, you know, uh, owning the series and, and Indy itself, uh, I think that's a bright spot. Uh, I feel for Roger, obviously, that uh, after, uh, you know, having done, uh, having exposed himself to that situation, uh, you know, he's has to deal with this pandemic. Uh, but, uh, you know, brighter days are ahead of us. And, uh, and if there's anyone who can uh, just uh, push us through all this, it's, uh, it's, it's him, uh, Roger, and, and his team. And so I think uh, we're at a good place. Like I said, uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And that's something to rejoice about, in my opinion. So uh, once we get going, I think things will just pick up more and more. And then uh, we'll get some, uh, you know, some, you know, we get the fans back. And, and, and before you know, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be running with it, you know, normal. So I, I feel very positive about it. What do you think is the bigger shock? The fact that the CART series split in 96, the fact that they got back together in the late 2000s, or that Roger Penske's at the helm now? I think, you know, everyone has got a little bit of shock factor. You know? <laughs> it, uh, but uh, the positive shock was uh, Roger uh, you know, making this move. I thought that was the best uh, Christmas present for all of us. Uh, I was one of the first ones that, that at least he told me that, that he called. Uh, the morning before he was going to make the official announcement, and uh, and I, uh, I I celebrated that day. I think <laughs> I thought that uh, that was a really positive move. Is there a chance 
if he called you again, that maybe you would uh, step up and join him in the running and the operation of open wheel racing in America? No, I I really don't want a job in that respect. Uh, and uh, if he says, uh, would you drive one of my cars, that would be different, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> to have an office and all of that and uh, having to report, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a supporter in a different way. I'll always uh, support the series for in every way that I can. Uh, I love that so much. And uh, as you know, I... As a dad, I have, as a dad and grandfather, I have a lot of skin in the game, you know, with Michael, his team, and then, uh, you know, with Marco, the visit driver. So, um, again, a lot of reasons to be uh, very close to it and um, and keep, uh, you know, in any possible way contributing. Over the 20 years of us doing this thing, the thing that attracted us to you was you – Figuratively, we're giving the middle finger to people and doing it your way and winning championships and winning races and saying what you wanted to say, regardless of who you offended or who you impressed. When we started Speed Freaks in June of 2000, that's how we started. And a lot of people took offense to it. But with Stat and Crash and special guests like yourself, we continue to trudge through it and prove that we belonged here. And it, it takes a lot of metal to prove to people, whether you're winning championships or bringing on radio affiliates, that you belong here because you're different, Mario? Well, I mean, uh, I, I've been known to have uh, to have a big mouth, obviously, uh, like you said, because <laughs> I speak my mind, and especially on things that I really believe in. And uh, so, you know, when we're talking about the, the racing world as I know it, we're talking about uh, so, so many careers, you know, there's... Uh, uh, so much that, uh, that that can be gained or lost to be lost, you know, by doing the wrong things. And uh, so, anytime that I uh, feel that uh, something in my own, you know, uh, mind is is going wrong, I'll, I'll just speak my piece, you know. And uh, so that's why I was not very popular uh, during the split, you know, with the you know with the cart and uh, the IRL, but. Uh, at the same time, uh, I think uh, uh, you know what happened after that bears the fact that uh, it was the wrong thing to do. But how do you, how did things come back together then? Because, like you said, you, you were obviously on the cart side and helping Newman Haas Racing and 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 seeing things from that angle. But I didn't realize that you became unpopular, so to speak. That's that's kind of shocking to me. Even if you did speak your mind. So what was it then? that led your son, Michael, his team back, and therefore you as well? Well, I think uh, the things started going forward when uh, when it became one, you know, when uh, they stopped uh, uh, trying to, to uh, you know, to uh, to be, uh, to, to live the same. <laughs> In other words, uh, uh, when you have both uh, series pulling for the same thing, CART had, had all the, you know, the good races, except that they didn't have Indy. Uh, the IRL had Indy and nothing else. And uh, so either side had, uh, you know, either side only had 50%, if you will. And it wasn't until that, uh, you know, that the reason prevailed and, and, and the whole thing came one, became one, that uh, we started going in the right direction. And that's what it took. But uh, meanwhile, a lot of damage was done. And uh, mm -hmm. so uh, to, you can just pick up from there and say, okay, everything is back together. And uh, because uh, 
I think from that standpoint, the NASCAR always, you know, that they, uh, they made a big leap forward uh, uh, by, you know, Tony giving them uh, the Indianapolis, uh, brought them to mainstream immediately, and they took advantage of it. I mean, kudos to them. Uh, but uh, it, they marginalized uh, the R-Series, IndyCar Series, uh, in that respect. And uh, you could see the way the crowds were and so on and so forth. So, um, again, uh, we pay the price. And, uh, and, you know, slowly, I think a lot of things are coming back, uh, uh, definitely in, in our direction. Uh, I think the series, from the standpoint of the product, is probably as well positioned as ever. Uh, the talent is there. Uh, today um, is to me second to none right down the field when you look at the uh, the veterans are, are still young enough you know the, the champions are still young enough to be there uh, for a long time and then you have some young talents that uh, represent the strong future so um, and that's everything you know so uh, again it's just a matter of now just uh, get into racing and uh and again, we have uh, the, the right person, the right group. Uh, we know with Roger and his team uh, to lead us, uh, just like they did. I mean, Roger was uh, uh, part of uh, forming CART, you know, where USAC yeah. was going nowhere. Uh, and, uh, and he brought uh, CART, you know, to the forefront. And, uh, you know, at one point, uh, uh, the CART series was televised in 120 countries, you know. So... Um, again, you know, we were we were the 900-pound gorilla. I mean, uh, Formula One in the early, uh, you know, in, in, in 1990s, uh, they 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 were envious of CART, you know. So and things changed dramatically after that. Mario, last year was your 50th celebration of your Indy 500 win in 1969. You had so many people doing so many tributes to you. What was one or two that really stood out, maybe emotionally or or funny wise? Well, anyway, I, all of it. I mean, just just being there and uh, and feeling that all of a sudden, uh, you know, somebody remembers, you know, that uh, uh, I raced. I mean, I won here 50 years ago, so that was a compliment in, in itself. But uh, the whole month of May was just phenomenal, and uh, and just even uh, you know receiving the baby Borg and all of that, uh, you know, it was a big thing because um, you know all I had to show for it was a plaque up to then as far as the trophy. Uh, so, um, like I said, there were so many things that uh, I thought really touched me uh, in so many ways. And I think uh, the exhibit at the museum, uh, we topped it all, you know, what they did there um, and uh, the participation from so many people that uh, still own cars that, uh, that I drove and the displays there were really, uh, you know, amazing, quite honestly. So, uh, the museum really did a phenomenal job. Hit it, stat man. I want to bring another memory out because I've told this story many times of you driving your uh, Lotus that you won the championship in, that uh, it was at Watkins Glen, and you got in the car and were driving it with just a helmet and a windbreaker. And uh, they tried <laughs> to slow you down and saying that hey, that's too fast. And he said, well, you have to get something, do what you have to do, but I'm about to go faster. Do you remember that story? <laughs> that, is that for real? 
Well, th that's the problem, you know, when I'm asked to, to get into a sort of a vintage car, if you will. And in this case, you know, it was something that uh, I was familiar with. And, uh, um, and, and so basically what I, you know, they, they had a, the worksheets, you know, from, uh, from that car from, you know, from when I drove it, but uh, they couldn't run the, the, the skirt. So I was out there and I, I just figured, you know what, I'm going to set this thing up for, uh, for uh, uh, was it Dayton? Uh, yeah, I think it was Duncan Dayton. Duncan Dayton, yeah. Yes. I would say. Duncan Dayton. And, uh, and, and so I kept going. I said, well, we have no safety, no corner work. I said, just, just don't worry. You know, but uh, <laughs> we kept going faster and faster with that thing because I just, uh, you know, I just uh, work on right heights and the low. You know some of the things that I knew the work and and he went and even out there I think he he was winning some races after that I make it made it a lot easier for him so I had a lot of fun doing that. I got one Mario I think it was 1977 Long Beach you won that race that Formula One race right? Yes I did yes. What do you remember from that race and that time of running the downtown streets of Long Beach outside of the 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 uh, adult bookstores on the corner and what do you remember about that race back in 77 well a couple of things i mean uh, it's always important for, you know i knew that i had a competitive car and uh, for uh, any driver in formula one to be able to win uh, your home grand prix is a big feather on the cap you know because it's obviously a very international series and there's something very special about that so uh, that was one and then uh, the fact that, uh, you know, I chased uh, Jody Schechter, you know, the entire race, basically. And uh, he was so much quicker than me on the straightaway. And, and so, uh, you know, on the braking was going to be daunting. And I studied and studied and studied. And I figured it's going to be do or die on the last lap. And then that, and and I went from sixth to first, you know, going into uh, and uh, and it just and I think as a forty is looking at me, you figure, holy mackerel, where the heck did he come from, you know? But uh, somehow it worked, and uh, it was incredibly satisfying. And then what was more satisfying also about that the season in itself was the fact that later on uh, I won the Italian Grand Prix as well. So I won my home Grand Prix and also my native Grand Prix, uh, you know. And a lot of people didn't realize it, even just. A couple of years ago, I realized that myself. I said, oh, you know what? <laughs> great uh, couple of races there for me. And um, But uh, things like that are, are very, very meaningful. And uh, Long Beach has been uh, really good to me, as you know. Uh, not, not just that, but uh, Indy cars as well. And, and uh, you know, just even the first race there. I was there for the first race with Formula 5000, you know, with Ron Paul and then we led, we broke a half shaft, but I mean, uh, uh, great memories. And then Long Beach being uh, the first uh, uh, IndyCar win for Michael as well. So as a family, as you can see that, um, you know, we got derived uh, a lot of wonderful things from, from that event. And I loved, I just love going there. Just another one, it was so sad that, um, you know, been canceled for this year, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, looking back, uh, you know, a lot of pleasant and wonderful memories for sure. Well. <laughs> Give us another crazy track story. I mean, you're talking about how you're out there going nuts, no safety workers. Give us something else that you can, well, that's, I guess, radio friendly. 
Well, I, I don't know about crazy stories. Uh, the, the one thing that I resist is uh, really uh, I'm asked different times, uh, you know, to get into some of these older cars and so forth. And I was in uh, in Donington in England uh, some years back and uh, and Lotus had their, the Lotus 49, um, you know, that uh, I drove back in 1968. And uh and so the problem is when, when I go out, they say, oh, just take it easy. But you don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, and you know, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, you know what? Well, I, I can do the braking a lot later. And uh, Lord and behold, the brakes somewhat it failed, actually. There were only one wheel was breaking, and I did a couple of 360s. I figured, now I'm going to be killed doing <laughs> 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 an exhibition. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I gave everybody a thrill. I didn't, I didn't hit anything, you know, but uh, <laughs> the point I'm making is that's how dangerous it can be sometimes, you know, but, uh, uh, and that's why I, uh, as, as I say, uh, those races are, uh, vintage races are very much controlled. Like, you know, first lap, you can't pass anybody. Well, don't tell me about it, you know, if I'm <laughs> <laughs> so I'd rather stay home, you know, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Mario, when you got into racing and then you started racing in Formula One, like your freshman year, sophomore year, when did you start to gain respect from other drivers in Formula One that like this kid's got the chops to, to be a big time driver? And and who who showed you the most respect, I should say? Well, Kenny, uh here's the thing. Uh I was I was very fortunate because uh uh, you know, I, I tell this story many times, but it's very important uh, regarding Formula One. In 65, uh, uh, as a rookie uh, in Indy, obviously, you know, finished third and, uh, and Jim Clark won. And, and of course, I got to, to, to meet him and, and, uh, and uh, Colin Chapman. So uh, at the banquet, um, we were saying our goodbyes. And I said to Colin, I said, uh, Colin, you know, someday I would like to do Formula One. And Colin said, Mario, so when you think you're ready, you call me and I will have a car for you. Can you imagine how I felt that evening? I said, I mean, I was on cloud nine. And uh, three years later, after uh, obviously uh, getting him, you know, doing quite a bit of road racing, I lobbied like crazy at USAC to have uh, road racing. In fact, in 65, in the middle of the season, they had a road race, you know, at the Indianapolis Raceway Park, which I won. It was the only race that I won that year, and I won the championship. Actually, uh, you know, my my rookie, my rookie year, and and, and then in '66, '67, '68, you know, they had more and more road races. You know, including Riverside, we had uh, San Jovit, Mossport, uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, in all those road races, I, I really, really, I just wanted to, you know, go for it. And there was a lot of it was between Dan Gurney and myself, quite honestly. And uh, and then, but what helped me was uh, the Ford GT program, the Le Mans program, because I got to do so much uh, uh, testing and so forth. And and I felt in '68, I felt uh, I think I want to give it a go. And uh, and I felt I wanted to do the last two races of the season, Italy and Watkins Glen. And Colin said, "Yes, got you." And uh, in Italy, set up a test and. Um, uh, one week before, Chris Amon was there with Ferrari. And uh, as soon as I got into Formula One, 
I really, really felt right. It felt good for me. Uh, just the, the agility of the car, the response, you know, lighter, braking, everything. I figured, oh, my God, this is really nice. And because uh, up to now, I'd driven heavy sports cars and the Indy cars, obviously, are not as agile and as nimble as Formula One on the road course because of the fact that, you know, they're very versatile cars. But uh, anyway, uh, I did well there. And But in, but uh, the problem with uh, in Italy, if you want me to ramble on, I'll tell you the story. Oh, it's great. Mm -hmm. Please do. With Italy, uh, uh, I had to come back that the Saturday before the race uh, to run the Hoosier 100 because I was going for the championship. <laughs> So, and uh, and there to be able to qualify uh, quick, we go. I only had, you know, there they had four practice periods, and uh, the fastest time of any of those periods, Friday or Saturday, was your qualifying in those days. So I only had the first session on Friday to qualify it, and I got Bobby Unser. I got him arrived with BRM, and and so he and I could do some slipstreaming you know, to get the speed in. And actually, when we left there, I was 1.7 seconds quickest. But uh, by the time it was over, I was seventh on the grid. And uh, Bobby and I had to come back to the States. Um, we, you know, obviously afternoon plane. And and uh, and we ran the Hoosier 100. I finished second to Foyt. And we went back to Italy. And uh, we got there an hour before the race. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my car was on the grid. It were services, I told you. And then there was a protest. There was a protest where, uh, and we think it, I can't, I, I never could certify, but I think it was Ferrari that protested because Colin Chapman was at the meeting and he couldn't speak a word of Italian. So, you know, he was, <laughs> and, uh, so they did not let us start. So uh, the long and the short is that my absolute debut was Watkins Glen, you know, a couple of weeks later. And, uh, and of course, I never, a lot of people thought, oh, it's your home track. I never seen the Glen. I never, you know, the first time actually I was on it was uh, with a race car. Oh. And, uh, and I put the car on pole. You know, so you talk about, you know, gaining some respect. Uh, that was a good start for me, as you can imagine, because uh, who was second to me was Jackie Stewart. Because, you know, I, I think especially, you know, in American drivers, uh, don't rate very well, you know, in the eyes of, uh, of a lot of the European teams. But uh, it's all about proving yourself, you know. Uh, it's the, the onus is on, on, on any of us, you know, to do it. And the fortunate, great thing about uh, my experience is that uh, I was fortunate enough to be with top teams. You know, when I, when I drove for Lotus, you know, I, uh, uh, I had, you know, the car had, uh, you know, it was the potential, you know, to do that. But they felt great because, you know, my teammate, uh, uh, you know, Graham Hill at the time, he was fourth, you know, in a bit. And, uh, and so that was a good thing for me. Um, then uh, the first race that I won in Formula One uh, was for Ferrari in South Africa. And, um, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, and, then, and then here again, Jackie Stewart finished second there. And, and he was basically the yardstick at the time, you know, and uh, like Foyt was when I broke into Indy cars. And, and then a couple of weeks later, I had a non-championship race in uh, Ontario, California, with a, a two 100-mile heats. And, and uh, 
And there, you know, there I, I had, um, it was on a Sunday, but on a Saturday, I was uh, running an IndyCar race in Phoenix. <laughs> had to, so I had to qualify and really it was in a hurry and qualifying Lothar Mochenbacher. I don't know if you remember that name, uh, it's like Ken Am and so forth. He, um, I was trying to pass him, you know, while we we're qualifying, he put me out in the gravel and, and, I, and I got into the guardrail. And I did some damage to the front. So uh, the bottom line is I had to start last. And uh, and I won that. I won the first heat. And then <laughs> and, 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 and Jackie Stewart finished second. And I won the second heat. And Jackie Stewart finished second. And, you know, everyone was there, <laughs> including uh, there were Formula 5000 cars driven by AJ. Um, I think uh, uh, Bobby Unser actually... Uh, uh, the Formula 5000 cars were very quick, and uh, I know that uh, Mark Donahue finished third in that race, believe it or not, and they had the Formula 1 teams there, you know, so again, uh, I had some great times, in, you know, only because I was with the top team. Uh, that's why I would just love to see someone, some youngster like uh, Colton Herda, and we talk about it, uh, and he, he has his sights Formula One, obviously, uh, as you know, he, he he was in Europe, you know, racing with 15 years 15 years of age by himself, you know, he was still going to school, and, and uh, he knows most of the tracks there, and that kid's got something special going for him, and uh, and I would love to see him get a try with the one of the top teams, not, you know, not with the, you know, the middle of the field team. Uh, uh, that's the whole trick. You know, if we could get a, if you get a test with a Ferrari, Red Bull or Mercedes, that would be the way to evaluate an American driver to go there. Because quite honestly, you know, with the Coda, with having the Grand Prix here solid uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, would be so awesome for Formula One, I, even not, not just uh, uh, for America to be represented uh, as a, you know with a driver, but also for Formula One to have uh, an American driver there. I think it would do wonders to uh, to increase the fan base. Quite honestly, um, I think the timing would be great right now. Quite honestly, and uh, not that I want to take uh, away from Michael's team, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about it, I think you know. Uh, Colton's got a lot of racing ahead of him, but uh, I just uh, I just pick one that I, I think I just have a feeling they would be one to really carry the ball properly. From Mario to Statman, Statman does Colton Herta have a shot at Formula One? I don't think so. I I I would doubt it. He needs a lot more seasoning. I know Colton Herta came to one of our uh, 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 promotions here in Southern California at the speed zone, drove the guard at the gate crazy, but uh, he's, he, you can't get into Formula One just having one good season in open wheel racing in the United States. He, he needs to have either a lot more money than he's going to bring to the table, or he's got to have a lot more experience, uh, and he doesn't have, I don't think he has either right now.